tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is the final of a three-part interview that I did with Jerry West at Summer League. Uh, He was kind enough to give me two hours of his time and pretty much nothing was off limits. In the final segment, though, he gives a very candid opinion about some of the rookies and second-year players that were at Summer League that I wanted to know really his thoughts on. Uh, I was peppering him with questions on the sidelines next to him at a game, and I was like, you know what? I think people would want to know what he has to say about Paolo and Jabari and Jade Nivey and all these kids. So I figured I would ask him, and get his evaluation on the record so that when we find out who these players really are, we'll either have receipts or the receipts will be old takes. Uh, as before, the quick caveat is that the audio is not great. Um, because of the nature of Summer League, things are very hard to achieve the same level of success with quiet rooms being impossible to find. Uh, there were no quiet places to sit down. We sat, we sat in a Starbucks. Yeah, we did. Uh, At a convention hall inside of a hotel inside of the Strip of Las Vegas. So the audio has a lot of background noise. We've worked really, really hard to minimize it. I thought that it was going to be impossible. If you have a pair of headphones, I would suggest you use those and not put it on the speaker of your laptop or phone. As this interview before, like I have said, has been edited for time and for clarity but let's get into it. I think Jerry West is the best talent evaluator in the game, full stop. I think the record of it is obvious. You've seen multiple trades go down. You've seen trades get kiboshed. You've seen picks happen that turned out to be some of the best in history, right? Like the Kobe Bryant pick um, that was traded from Charlotte. Pretty good one, I'd say. Uh, I wanted to get his thoughts most specifically on Chet Holmgren, probably the most polarizing player in this year's draft. A lot of people very high on him, think he can be a unicorn. A lot of people think that he could be brittle and break down. Uh, I want to know how his game translates to the NBA. And the way that he broke down Chet, who he said, by the way, was his favorite player in the draft, which was stunning, 
uh, was fantastic. I also thought him breaking down the difference between Kevin Durant and Chet was also really good. I asked him whether they were the same. His opinion, not at all. Find out why. Well, he is unique. Uh, you don't see a player of that size that can do the things he can do. He's a tough kid. He's going to get bigger and stronger. But his knowledge of the game and his skill level, it's surprising when you see someone that, that big in terms of height, and you look at his body and say, oh, my God. You know, this looks like some kid who's, you know, 12 years old who's grown six inches in one summer, and he's a tough kid, but he's going to be really, really good. And he's, he's a player that's going to make other players better. He's going to block a lot of shots. So he just doesn't stand there where people just drive to the basket. And he moves, and he's active. He'll go from side to side. Uh, but he probably was my favorite player in the draft because I just see that people are going to like to watch him play. They're going to watch him get better. And you're going to watch OKC get better with him there. So he's, again, I don't, I don't know the kid at all, uh, but um, he's, he's fun to watch. A lot of people have tried to compare him to other players that are tall and skinny and can handle the ball. You saw one up close. Uh, you helped recruit one up close. Slim Reaper, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, how do those two players compare? Oh, they're completely different. Right. But, you know, Kevin is thin-looking, but he's always been thin. And uh, Kevin's a generational star. When I was around him in Golden State, the thing that was amazing to me was just how he, how professional he is. I mean, he, he works on his game. Yeah, you really can't guard him if, unless he's the only player out there with any substance. He does everything. He can defend, he can pass the ball, block shots. He's not selfish, and yet he still manages these incredible scoring games. And in Brooklyn, they didn't have all the players there together with him. Just watching him and knowing him, he's someone that I'm glad I got a chance to interact with him. But uh, if there's a game on TV, I'm going to watch him play. Because he does it. He looks so easy. And the other ones are always tall and this and that. This guy's incredible skill. And, I say I just love him as a person also. Coming off of a of a championship, if you were still there with Golden State in the capacity that you were before, would you do whatever it took to go and get Kevin back on the team? Well, you know, everyone speculates decision. about where he's going. No, uh, you know, I think only people who look at their rosters and, uh, you know, where are we going. When you have success, you play faith player. I call yeah. There's more than one or two that are bet much better than others, much better. And they have some really, really terrific players. But they would have to give up so much. It would be almost well, like a Well, as I say, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to comment on yeah. that because they, they, they're really good. And I had an opportunity to make some great friends up there, uniquely different ownership group. Yeah. And they've done a remarkable job and really one trade and one injury set them up for a long time if yep. they want to stay where they are. But you look, they've got three young kids that are, that are the Wiseman kid who was second picker taken in draft. He hadn't played for two years. He's playing here in the summer league now. Uh, you see great promise there. Uh, the Kaminga kid is really, really uh, a great prospect all the time. He goes pretty fast, <laughs> and so he needs to slow down a little bit, but he, is, he can really guard for a young kid. And then also Moses, uh, the Moody kid, he's, he's, he's a player. 
Yeah. And so you look at those three players, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you see the older part of it, Steph, Steph Curry. Curry, but you see these young kids. It's a nice curve. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. you know, they lost uh, players that people probably won't pay any attention to them, two of them, uh, but they were very important to them. The Porter kid, mm -hmm. he signed somewhere else, and, and Gary Payton signed. He did a great job for them. At 30 years of age, with all these different teams, it shows you his determination. And I know his dad very well, and um, I know how proud he is. But he's a terrific little little yeah. player, but he doesn't play little. He plays really big. I do love me some Paolo Bancaro. I do. I saw him live in person, and I said, that man is going to go number one overall. How could he not? He's a beast. Just a man amongst not even children, a man amongst infants, really. Uh, I thought he was the most NBA-ready. I thought he made the game look very easy. Jerry even made fun of me during watching him because he said I was too enchanted by Paolo. You just love Paolo too much. I think you need to settle down, slow the brakes down on Paolo. Uh, and the funniest thing, though, that came out was I sort of teed up the question, bringing up that Orlando mentioned to me that the gamesmanship was in play on hiding who they were going to take number one in the draft. Jerry West thought that was dumb. So let's move forward. Paolo, very interesting how that whole thing went down. Mm -hmm. He was slated to be the third pick going to Houston. Uh, Orlando always had their eyes on him. I talked to uh, Becky Bonner yesterday, and, and she mentioned that they cut things really tight because that's a part of their culture. They don't let things leak out and also, you know, a little gamesmanship never hurt anyone. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Paolo? Well, it didn't make any difference. They had the number one pick. <laughs> so that wouldn't fly. Uh, whoever they took, I guess they were going to be fine. But, but no, that, never, that would never concern Okay, never. Uh, you know, people are always talking about leaks. The biggest leaks are the, are the agents. That's those are the leaks, okay? And uh, also talking uh, with, with other people. People who are in the loop, and particularly agents, they do this. Because, you know, there's some cachet about having the number one pick in the draft, and it probably means more money, ancillary money for him. But he's a very good young prospect. Uh, he's very smart. I think the thing at this point in time he does best is basketball. Uh, he's got a, and he can make shots. He can shoot the three. Uh, he can make mid-range shots. But he still has a way to go with all these kids. But he should really be a heck of a player and someone that's going to help them become better. They've had a lot of high picks in the draft, a lot. And um, hopefully this will be the one that gets them to the position in the league. They start winning games and becoming franchise to be reckoned. Keegan-Marie was another player I wanted to ask him about. I thought that his evaluation of Keegan-Murray should make Sacramento Kings fans excited. Uh, he is super high on Keegan. He mentioned Keegan Murray's name to me before the interview multiple times. I knew I should get his insight on him. He called Keegan quietly spectacular, uh, mentally gifted. For his full breakdown and his greatest challenges to becoming a great player, listen in. Well, you know, if you look at the team, they have, they have a lot of boxes. Okay? Yeah, they do. They sign a couple, I think, in, in, uh, in the season, you know, with three agents. They felt they needed someone to put in there and just plug him in and let him play. And if you go watch him play, 
you really don't notice him at all because he doesn't do a spectacular thing. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the game, you can just plug in what he's going to do, and particularly in college. This will be a little bit different challenge for him, but he just he has a gift. Uh, he has a, the ability to know how to score the ball. He passes the ball. He's not selfish. Uh, he'll get his rebounds every night. And you might not even, if you're watching in the summer league, you always see, want to see something spectacular from him. He's quietly spectacular. Yeah. Because he's so steady. And it will be interesting to see his growth in the league as he playing against better players, uh, players that mentally are as gifted as him. And, but I think he's going to be a nice pick for them. And hopefully he has because they need, they need to start winning games. Yeah, I was talking to some people that are in the media for Sacramento, and they said their only goal as media members and fans is just to get to the playoffs. And I said, wow, that's like, that's really a, a different bar than other teams. Uh, what do you think the challenge is? You said that he might have a couple of things that will challenge him in the NBA. What do you think those are? Well, the thing that would challenge him is that in this league, everyone doesn't play the same. In the summer league, you know, you're playing against people. He's good. For these young rookies, all of them, I want to see Pouncho play against Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. How's he going to play against Kevin Durant? How's Keegan going to play against Kevin Durant? How are they going to play against Giannis? Mm -hmm. um, that's a major upgrade of experience and greatness in players. Those are the things that always interest me. If they compete and do what they want to and don't back down, uh, those are the ones who are probably going to take the additional step. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The most shocking thing to me on draft night was Jabari Smith going number three overall because, again, Orlando hid who they were going to take. Jerry's evaluation of Jabari was also low-key sort of a shot at the Houston Rockets in general having no identity. Uh, and it also gave him an opportunity to break down how a college player transition in, transitions into being a pro. I do think him mentioning that Jabari going, is going to have to find his purpose on this team was very existential and very funny and a, a real, I guess, glean into what's happening in Houston. I don't think anyone really knows what the identity or goal of this team is going to be, but they're going to go a million miles a minute and they're going to be really, really fun. Where does Jabari fit in? Jerry is even scratching his head. Well, if you want to employ, they... It looks like uh, avalanche. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when there's a, it's when chaos. There's a, well, it, it, it's it's you know, get out of the way. Here yeah. they come. <laughs> they play very fast. They got some really good young players, and uh, I think he's going to have to find his purpose in that team. 
But one of the things he can really do, he can really shoot through. Yeah, he can. And that will help them because because they rush the ball down the floor. He runs the court really well. And I think he's going to be a very good defensive player. He's long. I think the thing with him is that he's just experienced playing against better players, playing so many games in the season. And I think that's a challenge for all these young kids. And um, hopefully that will be an adjustment. And they, they'll play 40 games. Heck, they've been resting for a while in college. And, and then they look at it and they're not even halfway through the schedule. This is when players, these young players, become professionals. How, how they grow with the uh, additional games, how they grow with playing against great players. Uh, it's just staff along the way, and they will be encouraging these kids that, you know, you need to work on this a little bit more, you need to work on this. This is what our analytic people see you, see your weaknesses. And so they're going to get uh, an extensive amount of uh, time spent with workout people and also trying to refine their games a little bit more to matching NBA games. When San Antonio took Josh Primo from Alabama, number 12 overall, two drafts ago, I was stunned. I think a lot of people were stunned. He was nowhere on anyone's draft board. But over time, as people started to watch Josh Primo, they started to see, oh, they just took him a little earlier because they loved him. He's a young kid, a lot of potential to get into. But Jerry actually was interested in Josh Primo as well for the Clippers. San Antonio, one of the best organizations in finding talent. Listen to what Jerry had to say about what makes Josh Primo special. What are your thoughts on Josh Primo, and do you think that them taking him at 12, San Antonio taking him at 12, was as surprising as uh, the rest of the media would have thought? Well, again, he was only a freshman. Yeah. And, you know, again, uh, there have been a lot of people taking him. Trust mm-hmm. me, would. I know the Clippers would have taken him. That's for sure. But I see him, you know, he's got kind of a, you look at him, you say, well, this guy's a scoring guy, right? Well, he can go by people. He can pass the ball. And I think they hope he's kind of a, a bigger combo guard who can, uh, who, and he will defend. I think they're looking at him and maybe uh, being able not to score the ball, but also pass the ball. And he goes by people. I think it's a learning game because he is so young. And he's another wonderful kid. Oh, my gosh. I spent some time with him. Uh, but he, it's, those, picks, those picks don't surprise me a lot. You know, there's, there's a kid uh, that probably, if he hadn't gone to Chicago, he'd probably gotten drafted 29 to 35. It's going to be really in, a good NBA play. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara? Yeah. He's going he's gonna to be really a good player. And you know, you watch him, you, you just, you know, you just you have to pay attention to him. He plays at a great pace. He can go fast, he can go slowly, he can pass the ball, he can shoot threes. I think you can play him in a lot of different positions. And that to me is what makes him so unique. But there's a lot of players out there that are going to get drafted, that were drafted high, that are probably going to be disappointments. And um, because of the role they're in or because of what people see in them that is not the right thing to see? Well, I just think some of them that, that are, some of them just have a difficult time finding their way in the NBA. And that is, that will happen. There will be kids that won't meet the expectations of where they're drafted. Funny thing, this man's in his 80s. I'm just literally throwing names at him. One by one by one. Peppering. He has no notes. He has a bagel or a muffin maybe and a coffee. That's it. 
And I'm like giving them random names. Give me the player. Give me where they're from. What do you think they'll be? Dalen Terry, sneaky pick out of Arizona. His memory for players is really interesting, Jerry West. And he can riff off of pretty much any player at Summer League, even without a prompt. So I quiz him on the rookies who impressed me, Dalen Terry. Jerry broke him down without a beat. Well, another player I like, and he's a young player, and he didn't he didn't get much love over there because they had Maston didn't get a lot of shots. If one kid on that team took a lot of shots, and they played with a very good team. But um, I do like him, and he's big. He has promise. He can play a lot of different positions. With someone someone like him, who is obviously a very highly recruited uh, high school player, with someone like him. Some of those kids really play young, and when you play on a team that have a number of players that are, oh, what she say, are uh, people who shoot the ball more. Chuckers. We call those chuckers. Well, you know, I thought that was a game that they played somewhere out in this country. <laughs> so, uh, they, some of them are just much more offensive-minded. Yeah. And the thing, he blends in with those people, but he does some little things that, attract people, Mm -hmm. and he's going to grow as a player also, but he's so young too. Jaden Hardy, one of the players that everyone wanted to see at the Summer League, so I wanted to get his opinion on whether Hardy going to the G League was good or bad for his career. A lot of people thought Jaden Hardy was going to be a top three pick until he went to the G League. If he would have gone to college, he would have been in that one through five slot. He ended up falling, but Jerry is a huge, huge fan of Jaden Hardy. Well, you know, early in, early in the G League, he did not shoot the ball well. No. He did not. And uh, I think people, when you look at a guard, there's always people that, you know, if you pigeonhole every player, you know, a, 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 a point guard, okay, he's supposed to distribute the ball, get in the lane, and make passes, okay? And these kids, and they were young kids playing against older players. Uh, he, he can get a shot anytime he gets. I mean, it is not... It's easy. Uh, he's been very, very impressive here. And, uh, he's going to be a scorer in this league. I don't care who he's playing against. He's going to score the ball. Where he was drafted, I'm sure the people are thrilled with him. Yeah, Dallas, he'll come in. Well, and they're thrilled with him. And he can, and he, you look, they lose Brunson. Yep. Is he experienced enough to play in that position? Well, I'll tell you one thing. He's, he's going to get a shot, okay? You're not going to stop him. And late in the games, Creators who can go by people and make a play or score the ball. There's those are players you love to have on your team. Some some kids are just don't have the ability to go by people and get a clear look at the basket. Some people they'll go by him, but it's always an awkward looking shot. He looks like he can just get a shot anytime he wants to, and he does not bounce a ball in the place when he's trying to do it. But I do think he's a really good prospect. Jaden Ivey, another player people have varying opinions on. Here he breaks down Ivey's game. I think it's well worth a listen for those interesting and in knowing why he fell a little bit in the draft. You know, they were taken completely different in the draft. Yeah. Um, uh, really like the Ivey kid a lot. He's, I mean, he really has an extra gear. He does. Like a special extra gear? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Detroit is thrilled with him, of course. It'll be a great fit with them because they need someone in the backcourt. They, they probably want to play faster, but Detroit's done a really good job and adding some talent there, and they're going to be a lot better next year. 
but he's, I think he was a player that people, some people would have probably loved to have him a lot higher than where he went. He's got a chance, but he's completely different than... Um, Hardy. Uh, uh, yeah, Jaden uh, Hardy. He's completely different. They're completely different players. He wants to be, when I'm talking about Ivy, he wants to just go by you, okay? And he's going to go by you. In an open court, he is going to be a monster in the open court. Uh, he's going to grow as a player and another fantastic kid. I uh, had an opportunity to spend some time with him and uh, very, very impressed with him. And the last game he played, he hurt his back. Somebody undercut him, he hurt his back, and he's not going to play anymore. But he was, in this game, he was like killing it in the first quarter and out of the game and we're not going to take a chance with him, nor would I. Namias Keda, not a name a lot of people know, unless you're a Sacramento Kings fan. He was dominant in Summer League. Like, just killing other centers. Definitely older, a little bit more skilled, more mature, obviously. So I wanted to ask Jerry about Namias Keda. One, for Sacramento fans, who I know want to know, the chatty house. For Kings fans, I think they want to see what he could be. But I also wanted to get his opinion on the big man and who he could be, because I think he's a sleeper to make some noise next year. Namias Keda kind of has looked very dominant in the summer league, but it's really hard, I think. My opinion is it's hard to really judge big men in the summer league because there's just not a lot of height. There's a lot of like little guys that are trying to make their way, trying to get into the league. Uh, what do you think? His upside uh, as a center in the well, league. Well, you know, I, he, uh, we went to school, Utah State, and it, it had really kind of a young kid coming in and playing basketball. The things you always liked about him, his work ethic, his skill level is not what it should be. Yeah. But he's been really impressive over here. But as you mentioned, there's not, uh, we'll see what he does when they're playing uh, against better centers. We might like to watch him play against um, Chet. Yeah. Uh, that might be an interesting matchup, but he has really come a long way, and I'm sure he, Sacramento is really pleased with his uh, with his progress. But again, it's, it's a tribute to these players who work so hard uh, to improve themselves, and the ones that do are are the ones who are going to have a career in this league and not be cast off. Another quiz player, Darian Sebron, and just like that. He brings up NC State and some of the issues that NC State had as a team and even like like breaks down some myths and essentially like squashes that down. And boy, did he break down who Darian Sebron could be, why that team underperformed, but also helped me to understand and help you guys, I think, to understand the difference between a student athlete and a full-time athlete. I don't know why, but... Jerry also then brought up Tari Eason, who went to LSU, and why he's high on Tari Eason. So you get a little bonus evaluation on Tari. NC State had talent, okay? They're really young, and it looked like to me, because they were so young, it was hard for them to play together. Uh, and it wasn't because the kids were selfish, okay? They're just so young, playing in a, a great conference, and they lost a lot of tough games, but he played really well. You know, New Orleans has done a fantastic job in, in acquiring talent. One of my favorite players they drafted, Dyson Daniel. I think he's going to be terrific in this league. And um, he, all these kids, put them in the spot where they don't have to go to school. Now, all of a sudden, they have a profession. 
not a part-time profession, is college. And I think the, the burden of, of uh, going to school, becoming a student, now they can specialize in what they're majoring in, that's basketball. And uh, but he's a lively, wiry kid, uh, another kid from LSU. Uh, Sorry, Issa, yeah. He has been very impressive. He can come in the league and play right away because he can defend, defend in multiple positions. He's explosive. He can run. He's active. He's probably the biggest surprise for me up, up here. The kids were drafted later. And people, after this draft, they're going to, the scouts are going to be sitting around saying, so, why wasn't he drafted? When we watch games together, uh, Jerry talked a lot about Dyson Daniels. Ton. And I know he liked him, but who does he compare to? What does he think he can be? A player that makes sense to me, but wasn't like readily apparent, he brings up. That should make New Orleans fans extremely excited. And I think New Orleans is going to be really, really good. Their player evaluation is, I would say, top five in the league, maybe top seven in the league. And shout out to David Griffin, who also resurrected this this team out of nowhere. I think they're going to be really, really good, and Dyson Daniels is a big part of that. What do you like about Dyson Daniels? Because I know you're pretty high on him. I, I like him a lot. I guess you know he's grown so much in the G League early on. He was kind of passive later in the year. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Scotty Barnes in a way. Yeah. That he can get to the basket and pass the ball. Who knows? I think he's six, seven and a half. He might be six ten. With the ability to handle the ball, get to the lane, find people. Uh, I do like him a lot. I think he will. Again, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think his future is ahead of him. Austin Reeves may be one of the best decisions that the Los Angeles Lakers locked into. Undrafted guy. Undrafted rookie that surprised almost everyone last year except for Jerry West who had him on his radar pretty much the entire time because of his relationship with Bob Huggins, who actually told Jerry that Austin Reeves was the best player in the conference. Jerry thinks Austin has a very high ceiling. Why? Listen in. Who do you think is the, the sleeper, like a, a player that maybe people aren't talking about now that could really be not only make a splash next year, I mean, this year's Herb Jones or like a Jose Alvarado. Well, as I say, I, I, I really haven't looked at it like that yet. Mm-hmm. There's so many games here, and yeah. there's two different venues. And yeah. I've been over there every day, and you try to watch the people you're going to watch, and some of them, for some reason, don't play. But I mentioned two players, even though they were drafted higher, I, I think both Eason and also. Uh, uh, Daniels are two players that I think have a personally think of a big upside. There's some kids that I like in the second round that are, I think they're interesting. Um, uh, the Washington, uh, I think he was drafted in the second round or maybe late close. I think he's really interesting because of his ability to guard and, and uh, very athletic. I think he's got a future in, and, and a player that we like, or, or our, our, our scouts like a lot. But th- there, there will be players that stand out that we, you know, a year ago, the Lakers signed an undrafted player. Austin uh, Reeves. Yes. I think he's going to be a terrific player. I think he's going to be a starter in this league. I think he's going to get better and better. And 
I've been watching him play in college, Bob Huggins, who uh, West Virginia coaching it out with the fans for a long time. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm going to be one of the presenters. He told me he thought he might be the best player in the conference. Wow. And he goes undrafted. But to me, they got a huge score. How does that happen? We've got hours of tape. We've got all these great talent evaluators. We've got fans that make mixtapes, and everyone's digging in. People are watching basketball at record rates in college because of betting as well. How do these guys slip through the cracks? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, look at him, and I think he's a bit, much better athlete, but he is really smart, okay? He can defend. And he was one of those guys that probably looked like a positionless player. He's not. Uh, he's just a good player. And they got a steal in him. I think in his career, unless something horrible happens, he's going to have a really productive career. And players are going to love to play with him. So it's just people don't, they just miss him. Not just Austin, but plenty of players that no one seems to really have stick out. Baseball, a lot of a lot of players strike out, right? Yeah. Um, they don't think anything about it, but... This is not an exact science, and that's what we talked about earlier today. Yeah. And, uh, people are looking for different things, uh, and they overlook players that, that, that others think are pretty good. And uh, my goodness, when I see him, I'll guarantee you there's a lot of people that will look back and say, oh my God, why don't you be drafting And you'll see a lot of times teams will draft European players and keep them in Europe for a couple of years, and they'll come over here and play. and, and uh, and instead of drafting players here in this country, and sometimes that's very wise. Finally, I wanted Jerry's opinion on Andrew Nemhard. Did he think he was an underrated player, as his college coach thinks he is? He's a good player. Uh, he, he, you know, he's not flashy or some. He's just steady. And it'll be interesting to see as he plays against quicker, better guard with more experience, but he just doesn't make mistakes. And I think you, you can't help but not like that. Uh, but he's a good player. And again, you know, sometimes people get overlooked. They look at the team. They had a great team up there. Um, if you watch him play, you always noticed him, but he wasn't going to put up 25 or 30 points the way they played. Their team was had a number of guys uh, that Averaging double figures, and sometimes people pay attention to staffs, uh, but they had some power in that team. And, and where there's, you know, Chet was great. Uh, they had other players in that team were good, and he's been very impressive. Also, he's very impressive with the you know. Yeah, he is. Um, I think that was one of the things that stuck out at the combine was he really popped off the page for a lot of players. I was talking to somebody the other day and it was a former player and they said that at Summer League their coach shut them down whenever he played so well uh, so that other teams wouldn't get a look or try to tr well, try to sign that, him. The agent <laughs> That's all the time that we have for the heat check. Sincere thank you to Jerry West for spending time and spending so much time with me. I hope Everyone enjoyed all of this insight. If you were to transcribe it, I think it's enough for a, a small novel on the lessons of basketball. Uh, the season is here, though, so starting next week, we'll go back to our multiple-episode-a-week schedule. I hope. Maybe. We'll see. 
If, uh, if you haven't heard it, the Nick Nurse episode is up on the feed as well. And the first two parts of the Jerry West interview are up also. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends every single damn one of them. And follow us on social at, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in.